What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode five of the Bughead Podcast. We're here with KFC Murder Chicks, a very special guest. I'm super hyped to have you on. How are you doing? How's Montreal? Good, thank it's you. It's lovely. Yeah. I love it here. I, I, you know, personally don't live here. Ash does. Yeah, it's sort of... It started as an internet thing, and we only met after making music for, like, a year. Damn, was it a year? A bit less than a year. Okay, yeah. Yeah, we started as a URL thing. Now it's an IRL thing. Hell yeah. I uh, I have some questions about that written down, but I think first off, why don't you introduce yourselves and uh, tell the audience what you do in the band? Mm, okay. Uh, you want to go first? Yeah. Okay. I am DJ Roswell. I do, um, I guess you could say, samples, drums, rhythmic elements, some songwriting, but not the words. And Ash does what? Yeah, I'm... uh, Is that all your introduction? Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm the guy who doesn't do the singing and guitar. Uh, I do the the singing and the guitar. Uh, we kind of work on the production and mixing together. Awesome. And yeah, I kind of joined uh, later on in the band's <clears throat> development. It started as a fictional band. Oh, okay. So I, I kind of see it as, ha- as there being two bands sometimes. Like a before and after? Yeah. Yeah, we're in the Ash era right now. That's what I. That's literally how I how I tag it as in my brain. I have everything in spreadsheets in my brain. Does the Does the band have some kind of origin story? How did you guys meet? We met because um, I saw Ash's visual art actually um, on Twitter. Uh, I believe it was your version. The Saturn, Saturn devouring his son. Yeah. yeah, so that's a whole thing for another time. Saturn devouring his son was like had such a major fucking impact on me when I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Can we cuss? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, all right. Um, and yeah, just a huge impact on me since I was a kid. I was like, big dude eating a little dude. That's crazy. And it's been taking up real estate in my brain since i was a child and so i see ash's interpretation of it which is just this incredibly like just detailed broke gnarly like it just blew my mind and so i asked her if she would um i commissioned her to do some artwork for my solo stuff and i also saw that she made music and i was like whoa this is actually it's in, it's just it's just incredible the stuff that she was um you know like that she had on uh, Bandcamp, and so I just decided to go like hey do you wanna you know would you be interested how did I phrase it exactly I hope I didn't just say do you wanna just join my band <laughs> I think we started working on like one track and then it evolved from there yeah yeah it was um pathetic to me right. Yeah, that's the, that was the first one. Yeah. And yeah, we just went off on this idea of taking this kind of fictional band that Roz created and making it into a real band, bringing real guitars instead of samples and kind of continuing that sound. And I found out about Roswell through the 
remix he did of uh, Devil in a Mosh Pit from Backwash. Oh, was that the first? That was the first thing you heard? Yeah. Also a good start. Okay, cool. Hell yeah. I didn't I don't remember that. How did uh how did each of you get into making music? Uh sure. Yeah. I um I was a visual artist at first and I only started getting really interested in music when I was 16. I wanted to be a comic book artist before that. I still do a lot of visual art. I do the uh I work on the the album art and the live visuals. And yeah, I don't. I wanted to be a, a dubstep producer at first. It was like the early 2010s, and uh, yeah, I was trying to make EDM before for like two years before my musical interest started widening a lot, and I I sort of played around for a really long time before I started putting out music. But uh, I think there's always still that DNA in there. When did you pick up guitar? Oh, I picked up guitar when I was like 18. So after you had started making electronic music? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was I was sort of just dabbling with guitar for the longest time before it. I really started like breaking through with it again in the last few years. And now I'm it's kind of working on this whole process around the mixing kind of electronic music with heavy guitar music and I feel like that's sort of becoming my niche and also bringing this kind of very more like technical approach that I got from trying to make like pre-commercial dance music when I was younger and just trying to make everything hit as hard as possible and sort of bringing that to a yeah kind of heavy music context awesome and then uh DJ Roswell, how did you get into making music? Um, so, I, uh, it was sort of two things. <clears throat> it's, uh, when I was about, I want to say 12 or 13, I heard, uh, introducing. Okay, so I think I heard of it in the context of, like, Guinness World Records, like, introducing by DJ uh, Shadow was the first commercially released album made entirely out of samples, which, like, there's some stuff that's not sampled on it, but it's whatever, it's chill. Um, And so I listened to that, and that was the first thing that made me realize, like, okay, you can make music even if you don't, like, sing or play guitar or even play any physical instrument. Like, that really opened my eyes to that being a possibility. And around the same time... Um, uh, some friends of mine in high school, we were trying to start a rap group, right? And I was, uh, I was the guy who couldn't rap, so I was, uh, I would make the beats, and I got really into it. I would just sit there and make beat after beat after beat all day in my room, and I found it very just entrancing kind of to just sit there in front of a screen all day and make beats all day pretty much out of samples so that was basically how i got started into that um i didn't really start releasing it as dj roswell until about 2013 though before that it's non-canon you know you know how it goes it uh it sucks in uh yeah in in industry terms (laughs) 
I have a, a trail of releases going to about 2015, but I only packaged it together in like 2020. But it, we've been making music for just as long, so it's kind of weird. What was the first release that you did under DJ Roswell? Is that Slush Country or? Uh, yes, that's correct. It was um, yeah, it was Slush Country. So you started going by DJ Roswell around 2014. I know that you, I read somewhere that a lot of your earlier music was inspired by like dungeon synth and uh, old PC games. Is that correct? Yes. Um, that was, uh, Dungeon Synth was kind of a, a new thing at the time, and, uh, I thought it was pretty cool, and I played a lot of old MS-DOS kind of games, um, that's actually one of the things that me and Ash connected on a lot, was, like, old school, like, yeah, we're both it, into, Fallout like, everything. yeah, really, so CRPGs and really old computer games. I, uh, I got pretty into ultima underworld for a bit earlier this year oh i was just playing that this week oh were yeah. <laughs> yeah oh hell yeah that's such a cool game that's such a good one it's really hard to play nowadays but uh it's, it's, it's... still got a great ambiance it's so hostile but i feel like it it has this like obtuseness that just increases its intrigue and like it, i haven't seen it done that way in any other game since then yeah I like how like the footsteps are like piano notes. Are they like piano notes? Yeah, the the footsteps in Ultima Underworld are like da 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 da. You're right. Yeah. Oh my god, that game has so many cool little details. So, uh, Ash, you were saying that you do a lot of the visuals for the band, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the more recent stuff. The more recent stuff. So, do you mean like the KFCMC cover with the two hands? Yeah, I think um, uh, Roz came came up with uh, the like hands that we found was like a stock photo, and then yeah, I yeah. had I had the idea for the the green background and the like little layout, kind of based on the way the the old covers had this layout with all the logos but streamlined and more minimal, and we just we have we made like um, like a dozen album covers, and. We were gonna yeah, be like, really "Oh did. yeah, this, this one's yeah. gonna come out first, and then." So. <laughs> yeah, KFCMC actually has like a lot of alternate covers, basically that may not ever see the light of day. That's sick. You have the uh, the hands on KFCMC, and then uh, Lost Prevention has that Frankenstein graphic. Where did that come from? Oh, cool. Okay, so the Frankenstein thing. That was pretty. That was pretty lucky. So, I'm gonna try and remember this the best I can. But around when I was about 21 or 22 or so, really early on in like the what I would consider like just before the current wave. I mean, if people who know about AI stuff can can correct me on this. Um, but just before what I would consider the current wave of AI stuff it started around like 2018 or so um there was some very primitive web-based tools and one of them was literally just something that i believe the way it worked was if you just typed in words 
it would just sort of scrape the internet for related images and sort of morph them together. But like a very, it, it was trying its best, right? This was like 2015, 24, uh, 20, 2013, actually, I want to say 2013 or 14. And, um, I think I just typed in, I just want to see what kind of spooky shit it would come up with. I typed in monster or thereabouts. And it gave me Frankenstein's monster, but, you know, sort of morphed with other imagery. So it had the face distorted, the hands distorted. I thought that looked pretty sick, just on principle. But there was also some aspect of it, the fact that it was Frankenstein, Frankenstein's monster. I mean, if you want to be whatever, proper about it. But, yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of symbolism that ties into that. Um, we still would just call him Frank. Yeah, we call him Frankenstein. <laughs> like Frank, you know, <laughs> the KFC Frank is officially what he is. To differentiate him from yeah, it's the, the Boris Karloff it, it, it's, it's the Frank. It's the Frank, yeah. It's Frank. It's Frank. It's Frank. AI Frank. images really fell off. I like that <laughs> era before they, they became, like, actual tangible images when it was just kind of, you're looking at it and you can't quite tell. Yeah, this was what back anything it's it supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. The it feels like it, the more AI develops, the less we have interest in using it creatively. Because for a few years ago, it just would always generate this unbelievable sort of like uncanny imagery. The hands are always fucked up, though. That's the funny thing. Even even back in twenty thirteen, it was always it was still fucking hands up. Yeah, it's it. It's still having issues with hands and, like, teeth. I've seen a ton of images that, like, you can't tell they're AI at first, and then you look in their mouth and they have 400 tiny little teeth. I also have uh, issues with hands and teeth, so uh, I sympathize in that regard. Yeah, I think it's it's hard for AI because it doesn't, it doesn't know the, like, underlying mechanic, and it doesn't have, like, axioms, like, there's a certain number of fingers. It just, from different pictures, it because of like the different angles it doesn't know how many teeth there are in total or how many yeah. fingers are on hands even because on some angles you can only see three it doesn't have its own teeth We're like really we got to cut ai some slack like it has no fingers to count on if you think about it it can't yeah. eat food so sad it doesn't know what a, what a human looks like from actually looking at one it just knows what they look like from looking at Google Images all day. Yeah, they're just... I mean, shit, some humans are like that. Honestly. It doesn't know anything. They're just statistical generations. Um. All right. I'm I'm looking through, like, your your Spotify right now, trying to find some more... We're going through and deleting stuff right now. You are? Yeah, I'm going to just delete, like, random tracks and shit. Yeah. Hope you like Last Prevention. It's gone now. Oh no! <laughs> Why are you deleting stuff? I'm kidding. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I thought you actually were. You were gonna like hide it or something. It's a good way to prank people. Yeah. <laughs> I think because of the Aratus thing and maybe a couple other things, I, I the few interviews I found dubbed KFC Murder Chicks and DJ Roswell as as mysterious artists, but I don't know if I necessarily agree with that you're you're pretty active on both of you are pretty active on twitter right yeah we're not i mean you can google any of that and what you find on google is like 
that's it. Like, you're good, you know? Um, we don't try to obfuscate any sort of part of our yeah the, personalities the, or anything. The, the mythology of it has kind of run off on its own. And it's not really something we, we control. That's really about us at the end of the day. It's about this like whole other idea of KFC murder chicks, almost. It really feels like really... the people who follow our music right now and the people who just know about Eratas is like two different crowds. Try to eat the silk a packet at the bottom of the beef jerky bag in my jacket. The world's crumbled and so am I. We do a lot of where we did two of the laser tag pizza party streams. Uh, mm -hmm. And we're doing a, th and we're doing a third one soon. What are the uh, the laser tag pizza party streams? Is that another URL fest? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's a URL fest run by um, Head in a Box. Yeah, is what the venue's called. It's largely organized by Elias Vieira, mm -hmm. which is kind of a mentor figure to us. Uh, but he's been yeah. Uh, I'm gonna plug in the the next one, which is on. What is the date of it? Mm, it's May. It's in May. Oh, I think it's. it hasn't been officially announced yet, so maybe scratch mm. that part. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think tomorrow it goes, if you want to do some brand synergy. Oh, yeah, it will, it will be announced by the time this is up, probably. Yeah, this isn't going to be out for a little bit. Okay, so, yeah, maybe the, the, the stream will just be gone anyway uh it's like uh yeah in like mid-may all right so uh you said earlier that kfc murder chicks started out as a fake band do you want to take me through the the band itself's origins after the original the original lineup original lineup into modern okay so the original lineup was myself and some other people um who i think uh do not want to be associated anymore um but yeah essentially everything before the ash era is not you know not canon anymore we could we describe it that way um and uh you know it's cool it's yeah essentially right now we're just sort of worried about what we're gonna do going forward um and any kind of like you know previous prior members and what they might have to say and their opinions about it uh you know we don't we don't we don't really worry about that anymore gotcha let's get into the uh let's get into the now then what's the creation process for a kfc murder chicks song from beginning to finish i mean that might be a trade secret <laughs> oh no i want to say there's two types there's the ones that uh we like make a rock song first and then we fuck it up or some of them start more as like a hip-hop beat sometimes we start with something fucked and then we rock it up <laughs> are you guys sending files back and forth uh yeah yeah recently we've been working together in person but almost all of the kfcmc album was made by sending stems back and forth yeah yeah that's true oh my god that was <laughs> That's really cool to hear that you guys are working on stuff in person now. That's awesome. Oh, totally. Yeah, ever since, um, I mean, bef after the tour, right? 
That was when we really started doing it in person. We we I first believe. met up right before the tour, and I right think, before the tour. That's right. Okay. I think we made a Soylent. Yeah, Soylent and something else. Soylent and Nuclear Age, Nuclear Age are the yeah. ones we made in person. Yeah, the um and currently the the new album, I would say most of it we've made in person essentially so far. Um, and uh, yeah, that's actually, just I don't think way to do it. We mentioned yeah, we're we're working on another record. Oh yeah, we're doing a new think... album. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you uh, announced that anywhere, or is this a Bughead exclusive? Um, hmm. I guess it's an exclusive. Yeah. Uh, Shout out Bughead exclusive, exclusive yeah. Funkmaster Bug. <laughs> I hope you have like a big explosion sound effect that you can do when you. If you're in the convenience store, shit your pants immediately. I mean, nobody asked. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta make a big Bughead exclusive like explosion sound effect exactly just be Old like drill like album if you're near voiceover. a convenience store reach in your reach your hand in the cash register do the whole thing do the whole funk master <laughs> so, I to God. do you guys want to uh spoil a little bit of the magic and uh tell me maybe some of the equipment you're using to make these new songs um a guitar <laughs> any specific kind big one Big Loud one. one. How many strings? A bunch. Oh god, so many. Hundred? I don't know. I don't really know much about guitar. Uh, Ash, I believe, <laughs> better equipped to answer this question. Yeah, uh, I I do have a I do have a seven string to achieve that drop G drop A tuning. All right. And then what uh what programs are you working in? Uh, we're mainly. Building it in um, Ableton, but a lot of the the old stuff uh, is made in Audacity. In Audacity, yeah. yeah. I think uh, KFCMC. Oh, oh man, yeah, KFCMC is the last of. Well, I mean, possibly the last of the Audacity era. That was made in Audacity. Some of it. Some of it. Um, That's. God damn. Well, it's hard to, like, do one person doing Audacity, one person doing Ableton, um, yeah. because of discrepancies and how they export. Um, but uh, Shape of a Burning Credit Card and Loss Prevention Reloaded were all made in Audacity. The, the Hands EP is the last one that's entirely Audacity. Oh, was it? That's right. Okay, the Hands, the, the one with the emojis on the cover... On the in the title, I mean, um, is all audacity. God, that's true. <laughs> I forgot about that. If you're uh, if you're willing to give away a little bit more magic, do you have a process you go through for finding samples? Mm. I have like uh, an enormous library of samples I've accumulated over years. I have kind of this obsession with. These these recognizable these recognizable sounds that come up in songs over and over. So I've been kind of like just chopping them out of songs and tracing back their origins. Uh, and I have all the you know the old zero G sample packs, all these like '90s sample CDs. Yeah, that was like honestly like a big point of connection for us was we both really enjoy looking at. You know, just sort of like the the way that, like the the history of how samples work and how they plug in 
with the greater conversation of you know music not to get too big big brain with it but like no please get big brain with it okay um so yeah i i think that when it comes to samples i mean there's obviously it's it's like it's a very it's like taking something like a tradition and you're you're baking it into stuff that can be traced and replicated precisely with digital equipment so yeah you're you're creating intertextuality right and you're sort of by reusing these sounds you kind of placed yourself in a tradition and we like to do that a lot either by using sample or by exciting musical elements riffs yeah and what's crazy about it right now is the fact that it's being done to me this is the interesting part it used to be analog right now it's it's mm-hmm. digital it's like precise like ones and zeros the same the same every time you play it and to me that adds a whole other layer of like you know just one to oneness with what the the creator is doing and what the audience is hearing and they're both sitting at computers and they're both looking at screens and they both probably have headphones on or earbuds in and they're probably both using windows if they know it's good for them so you know it's just this whole this whole thing where you may be listening to the music that we made sitting in a very similar environment to how we made it and the whole time using songs made before either of us were ever born, you know, like Billy Squire, fucking, you know, the, he was another, you know, whoever played the funky drummer break, I do not know that off the top of my head. I really should. The Powerpuff Girls. The Powerpuff Girls played the funky drummer break. I often forget that. <laughs> Blossom, Buttercup, and Bubbles. <laughs> Iron Bubbles. Hey, actually... Huge influences. Can we ask you a question? Yes, of course. Okay, we're going to flip the script a little bit. Okay, and you have this to... This doesn't happen before. There. This is new. This is good. Okay, this is important. This is necessary. Who... Which Powerpuff Girl are you? Which Powerpuff Girl am I? Uh-oh. Uh... Quickly, quickly, quickly. Uh... Uh... Um... Uh... Um... Uh... Uh, fuck. Mm? <laughs> I'm like Googling ah, right now ah, trying to ah, remember no which cheating, one's no which. Cheating. <laughs> no cheating. Uh, I'm going to go with Buttercup. Good answer. I knew it. I knew that's Thank what you. you would respond. That was stressful. That was the most stressful question be. I've ever been asked in my be. life. I, I'm also Buttercup. She's the green one, right? No, who's yeah. the green one? Rebel. What? What? Or... No, that's... <laughs> Wait, no, that's no, that's her name in French. Oh, cool. What are their I'm, French names? I'm showing my power level. Oh, shit. Uh, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> we got a bilingual in the chat. <laughs> power level. It was Bill, Bell, and Revel. Oh, that's cool. That's better names. Anyway, I'm her. Hell yeah. Ash, which one are you? I, we can't both be the green one. I think we're both the green one. We're both the green one. Yeah. Yeah. All of us are the green one. We'll litigate that later. <laughs> are you still sampling a lot of YouTube documentaries? 
mean, when was the last time we sampled a documentary? It's probably on the Hands EP, right? I think we skipped KFC. No, we did on. We did it once on KFC MC. So even your Too Faced can be a product of the Atomic Age. Oh, that's Age. right. That's right. Wow. That's true. Do you have any YouTube documentaries to recommend? Hmm. Well, documentaries that are on YouTube. I mean, we're big Adam Curtis heads. So, um, I need you to do us a favor and just watch, like, Can't Get You Out of My Head. Do the whole thing. Front to back. And then you'll, you'll get whatever we're talking about, really. That's just like the, you know. What was the most recent one he did? Soviet Union thing? I think that was in Can't Get You Out of My Head. Oh, was that? Okay. Yeah. Adam right. Curtis, though. Alright, I just saved it. It's in my watch later now. Uh, Threads. The British... Yeah. Is, is that a documentary? Um, it will be. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on how things go. Um, anything with Lemmy in it, I would consider a good... Um, the guy who came up with like liminal space, like Lemmy. Um, Lemmy? Lemmy, yes. The guy who invented the concept of the liminal spaces, I believe what? you should look him up. Isn't that true? <laughs> but I've not... never heard that. I just made that up. <laughs> <laughs> no, but look him up. He's great, though. He exists now in our brains. <gasps> you have an Adam Curtis playlist? She... <sighs> She's a fucking genius. You gotta, you gotta hang around her more often. I don't want to. I want to want to shill him too hard. I don't want to be cringe. Well, yeah, that's fine, right? I think he's a little. I I like him, but I think he's a little cringe. <laughs> you think? Um... You gotta be a little cringe. That's you gotta be a little. Sometimes he's insightful, but sometimes he's very old British guy. Hmm. Uh, I just like it when he insinuates that modern things are the cause are caused by things from like 30, 40 years ago, and then he like cuts to it. And then he starts playing, like, a scary Apex Twin song. Like, I just, I eat that shit up. I want to recommend uh, the Dust Bowl documentary by Ken Burns. Ken Burns is great. Yeah, that's a really great one. It takes me back to history class sophomore year. We just spent a whole semester watching the the Ken Burns Civil War documentary. Series. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Dust Bowl one uh, hit me particularly hard. I'll have to check that out. I think sampling in heavy music is definitely becoming more and more of a thing. And I'm really happy to see it. Episode two of this podcast, I uh, I interviewed a like grindcore power violence band that just brought a guy on to do, like exclusively to do sampling was his job. One band member entirely dedicated to sampling. What, uh, what band was that? Slipknot style. Uh, Judge X Judy. Yeah, that rings the bell. I uh, I filmed them at like a basement show in Worcester, Massachusetts. That's how oh, we met. so you controlled their public image? Yeah, pretty much. Ash, did you just Google Judge Judy? No, I did put an <laughs> I did put an X in there. It just auto corrected it out. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't. Mean, I got. <laughs> I made to blow up your shit like that. <laughs> I got totally mogged by DuckDuckGo. <laughs> <laughs> no i think i have heard of these guys i try to keep up with like hardcore and uh yeah i love i love power violence 
and grindcore yeah, and all uh, all that jazz. They're pretty sick. Good guys too. This is like primarily a, a metal and hardcore podcast. Do you have any modern bands that you want to talk about or shout out? Hmm. I feel like our answers are gonna be so different. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I want to. I want to shout out all of the. The like cyber grind community, whatever. Hell yeah. And uh, I've been really loving Gridiron recently. I think they've uh, and a lot of uh, I follow a lot of like the East Coast hardcore. You're talking my language now. Yeah, Gridiron, Pain of Truth, Age of Apocalypse. Uh, have been doing stuff that's really exciting to me. Um, I uh, so me personally, I got a shout out. You know. All the peace sneakies who are making music and peace sneaky affiliates, you know, like uh, DJ Hypergiant. I'm gonna just say off the top of my head. Yeah, we were talking uh, about hard hardcore though. Well, that's okay because I don't know any rock music. Uh, <laughs> Anna Pest, fucking great out, out whoever, of Montreal. Yeah. What's that? I said just shout out whoever. Okay, word. All right, I'm gonna just go. I'm gonna just go rapid fire. Death IRL out of New York. Well, technically New Jersey, but you know New York. Um, Titmouse, um, uh, Pretty, aka Pretty Can't Rap, um, she's excellent, um, uh, who else, let me see, um, Backwash, of course, gotta shout Backwash, um, frequent collaborator, great friend, um, as for people I don't know personally, uh, I mean, shit, like, Black Dresses, big influence, uh, ever since I started ripping them off a few years ago. Um, uh, let me think, let me think here. Um, okay, so, Power, what, 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 what's the genre that we're supposed to be? Okay, Velastraz, Dungeon Synth, again, not what you asked for, but, uh, she's great, out of Virginia. Um, hmm. 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 Who else? Um, Nandi, aka Tiana, HRR out of Pennsylvania. Um, she does like footwork, juke, experimental, like mind blowing experimental shit. Check her stuff out. She just dropped a new album called Flood City Tracks. Like, do yourself a favor and listen to this genuinely. It'll make your IQ bigger. Um, Will do. Yeah. Um, can I just randomly shout more out throughout the rest of this as I remember them? Yeah, I don't think that's. I think it's it's gonna be too much. I'm gonna. Okay. I'm gonna have to pull my <laughs> we, we, out. I'm gonna have to pull yeah, my, we can do. We can do another. Rolodex. We can do another round of shout outs at the end of the podcast. I'll just sort of like scream them periodically. Yeah, sounds good. Speaking of a uh, of P sneaky, that's your label, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. We we run that together. Awesome. Um. I had a couple friends on that compilation you just put out. You want to talk oh, about the compilation? Oh, cool. Hell yeah. Who? I'm friends with Charter out of Microplastics. No and shit. Oh, cool. Oh, my God. They're track. They're Dang. so good. Jesus Christ. Charter's and been so good And let me guess, also, so you know Zacharama? Zacharama was the first episode of this podcast. What? Oh, yeah, my you God. Didn't know that's that? right. That's right. They actually referred me. You can cut this out if you want me, me getting yeah. so fucking giddy over here. Yeah. Yeah, Zach. I assume that that's 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 why. Uh... Honestly, yeah, I gotta I gotta go hit them up later and be like, hey, so thank you for facilitating this entire endeavor. <laughs> for real, that's the good homie right there. Mm-hmm. Buzzard Mother, also of course, out of New York. You know they have a band together now called Adam's oh, yeah. Guilt. 
Uh, yeah. Have they put anything out yet? Not that I'm aware of, but I've seen them uh, play. They're nuts. They're really good. I gotta get out to New York sometime. You gotta get out to New York sometime. I'm about I just, to be in New York in a few days, actually. If you, you know, just I need to find more cra- uh, couches to crash on out there. <laughs> right. That's how. That's how it is. It's a couch-based economy. Yeah, it's not that far to drive. I just, you know, I'd have to stay the night probably. Where Where are you based out of right now? Uh, I'm about half hour out of Boston. Oh, cool! How's How's Boston? I have not been. Boston, Boston's sick. I love Boston. Beautiful. It's a small city. Good music scene. Well, the the whole state has a pretty good music scene because there's a million colleges. So there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of cool history here, and a lot of cool bands. Word. Yeah, like Boston. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, how did the Peace Sneaky label start? Um, it started as, like, I just wanted it to exist, but I didn't know how you started a record label, so I just said it existed. And then it, yeah. it came to exist. Well, so, it in its current incarnation, I... Think I the, the first thing that made it real is the, the compilations. Well, the Discord first, I would say. So, um, speaking yeah, of Buzzard Mother... Yeah, but that's Mother, not the label. Um... Okay, as a label, yes, that's technically it came to fruition. Before that, it was more of a collective, um, and although it always said P Sneaky Records, right, LLC, which I don't know if like legally you can get in fucking hot water by saying it's an LLC if it's not an LLC. We're kind of doing the opposite of what LLC TikTok tells you to do, which is that we say we're an LLC, but we're not. <laughs> um, I don't know what we are legally speaking. Um, but we are, you know, more of a, you know, like a cult or a polycule or something, you know, normal like that. And uh, I would say that the real origins of that were um, were Joey, Buzzard Mother. Um, he really helped get all that off the ground logistically. And from there, the first compilation took about like a year, maybe, right? Like a year and a half or so. Um, before we got that off the ground, God, I was nervous about it. You know, I didn't want to. Uh, you know, I, it was a big step. I didn't want to. Didn't want to fuck it up. But you know, thanks to the community and some specific, really awesome people, we were able to to get it moving. If that answers uh, answers that. <laughs> that answers it plenty. What's up next after this compilation? So, there's the upcoming shows, upcoming KFC Murder Tricks albums. Um, there's there's so many talented people in the in in that community. It's honestly like bizarre. I feel like this many talented people should not be like allowed to get together because it's like just it's just too much. It's too much for one brain to comprehend if you're an audience member. You guys really, like, found a handful of really cool people for it. Yeah, truly. Like, we really we really lucked out. We really... I mean, it's not really luck. It's just... <laughs> it's the... It's it's all these minds coming together, you know? And um, yeah. 
So we're always going to try and put more compilations out together. We um, There's something in the works right now, kind of a crossover with some other labels. I don't know if I can spoil too much right now. Like, it's very preliminary. I probably just did spoil it. Um, but, you know, oh, well. And, uh, you know, we're always looking to kind of expand our little tentacles out into various other forms of media you know we have people who do animation so keep an eye out for that um you're just getting more ambitious with it slowly within the budget that we're able to um but uh i would say keep your eye out for uh moving images in the next couple years hell yeah so for your guys's uh moving imagery Right now, your uh, your official videos seem to just be a bunch of pieces of video collage. What's the what's the process for making those? I just open Adobe Premiere and click on things until something happens. Uh... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <That's about right. laughs> and I trust her on it. You know, no, this is definitely not as technical of a process as when I'm making music, but uh, I think it's mostly about. Yeah, building up the the associations through the like rapid fire images. It's like that part in um, it's like a Clockwork Orange, right? Yeah, yeah, it's exactly like not that part, orange. but that part. So, what does a uh, a KFC Murder Chicks live show look like? Hmm. Um. We yell. I get sweaty. Ash, how sweaty do you get? Mm, I don't know if I'm comfortable answering that. I get really sweaty. It's pretty disgusting. Don't hug me after a show, I'll tell you that. A show is like the place where you get sweaty. Um. So it's okay to get sweaty there. I don't think I get unreasonably sweaty. You would think I ate a bunch of hot sauce and, you know, I drank a lot of energy drinks before. Anyway, um... <laughs> Basically, we, uh, yeah, we, we just, uh, sometimes it's two of us, sometimes it's three of us, sometimes more than that, but usually it's two of us. Yeah, we've, we've experimented with bring on live musicians. At the core, it's always just, uh, I'm screaming my lungs out and Roz is playing the laptop. Yeah. Where have you guys played so far? Mm. Just in America or in Canada? Or... Yeah, we played in America and Canada. Uh, we played a, like all over the East Coast uh, last uh, last year. And Oblivion Access in June is going to be the the first time we go that far west in uh, Austin. And that far south, right? No, we've gone further no, south. Yeah. No, we played Louisiana, which That's is... True. Uh, we played New Orleans, which is further south. What uh? What goes into the preparation of a live show? Uh, we honestly we don't we just hone it in by doing it. And the f- we the first time we played together, and we never like really rehearsed. We just went in and I saw I, I practiced like I practiced screaming and stuff, obviously. But yeah, we we never played together before. Yeah, when we agreed to go on tour, um, another shout out, by the way, I said I keep those coming. Emmy and Gloomy helped us out with our first tour. Um, Emmy does noise music, Gloomy, he's like a DJ and all very versatile all around. 
and uh, they were both like, "Hey, do you guys want to come on tour?" And we we're like, "Well, we haven't met in person. We haven't <laughs> we haven't rehearsed or practiced, but why not? You know?" And um, <clears throat> and uh, we don't recommend that. I mean, that's kind of crazy. I don't know. We didn't know what we were doing, but it worked out. It worked out really good. Um, so maybe we do recommend it. Um, we definitely try and like lock it in a lot more these days. You know, um, but uh, we. It's possible to over-rehearse, I'd say, right? Over-practice. So we try not to over-practice. Yeah, there's, there's no use because it's, it's just like 30 minutes of chaos. Yeah. Anyhow. Anything that we practice, Murphy's Law comes and, you know, uh, corrects us on. So that's always humbling. You bring out a lot of guest vocalists onto your albums. Who are some of your favorite people to work with on music? Well, it's like picking your favorite child. We can't really... Uh, <laughs> but we do... We do come back to, to Void Dweller all the time. He's like... They're like the unofficial third member. Void Dweller is like... Uh, we, we draft them. They're like the... Uh, we're like Richard Nixon. Yeah, it's an unpaid intern. Yeah. <laughs> We're hoping to we're hoping to give them the most bizarre. They don't they don't know it yet, but by the time this comes out, maybe we will have given them the most off putting beat we can find to give them. But um, it's always a joy working with you know like I said like Death IRL, Titmouse, Backwash, um, you know many many people in that kind of zone and there's uh there's some people that we do want to work with but we can't uh we can't spoil that just yet you know um maybe they know maybe they don't we're going to toronto soon so we might run into drake oh my god drake x kfc mc yeah that'd be crazy I mean, what else do you got going on right you gotta you gotta find him and have him do his like debut metal screaming oh he hasn't already no. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, we just come by his where, apartment. Where would he? And, I don't know. I just you know, I I don't keep up with everything Drake does these days. You know, I just you know. I'm assuming, I'm assuming he's capable and like a master, of just a good death metal gurgle. <laughs> <laughs> sure. For sure. You gotta... I, I just assumed, right? I just knew. I just looked at the dude. I just assumed. You gotta. Give him a project that he's willing to use it on. You know, he's saving it. <laughs> this modern iteration of KFC Murder Chicks is definitely focused on heavier music. Do you guys have some uh, some metal bands that got you into the genre? Uh, yeah, I guess I've been bringing a lot of the more extreme influences. Uh, when I was in high school, Deathcore was really huge and that was my first introduction to like extreme metal and within a few years I was like digging into grindcore and black metal and going to all these uh, power violence and really finding what are all those those early bands that you were listening to uh I'm I I'll always be a big Carcass fan. Uh that's oh, a really yeah. big one for me. 
all the like yeah really early extreme metal bands Sodom, Celtic Frost. Oh, Sodom! You showed me them, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, they're and then, they they go fucking. Yeah, crazy. like nineties yeah. metalcore <laughs> like converge, and it's only like later on after exploring all that that I kind of came back around to new metal and kind of cheesy metalcore and kind of approaching this stuff I rejected when I was younger for with a new eye. A lot of people are coming back around like those, those sounds that were once kind of considered cheesy. Deftones is having their, their huge resurgence to popularity. People are like looking at those, those new metal genres in yeah. a new light now, now that time has passed. So it's funny. Cause when I was, so I've always been, like a hip-hop guy right um meaning that the the main rock band that i was into ever when i was like before the age of like you know i want to say it's 24 or so was um mostly rage against the machine because they were the closest to you know rap music pretty much yeah and there was always like limp biscuit and all them but i was i was always like a rage dude you know um and there was also like clutch and lightning bolt were big uh big things that inspired me but i didn't Hell really yeah. ash has really been the person who really got me into like i'd say like 80 percent of the rock or metal that i'm into or that i've like even listened to really has come from her um but i would say as far as like things closest to metal or rock i've always been really into like noise music um, ever since I was in high school, so like Merzbo, um, like you know Merzbo, the list goes on. You know the vibes, but like the scene, really, just the act of creating it and of watching people perform it and everything, um, has always like really connected with me. And I feel like there's a lot of crossovers there. You know, um, I got I got into grindcore quite a bit, like Napalm Death. Um, and, I saw uh, Napalm Death live not too long ago. Oh no, shit! Hell yeah! Um, Sick and Scum, right? Yeah, that's um, that's the album. Yeah, um, like uh, on Wikipedia, I like as a kid, I would just like read about different genres of stuff. Grindcore really connected with me in terms of like the songs are very short. The titles are offensive. I appreciated that. Um, so those points of contact with that but yeah i'm still definitely learning i'm doing most of my learning about rock i hope i hope people are patient with me i don't know if people need to be patient with you kfc the the self-titled is like just a genuinely good metal album that's that's oh cool I think all right i did it Whew. yeah i think you're i think you're i mean my dad does not like hip-hop or like electronic music or anything but i right before this mm. interview i showed him dune and he was <laughs> super into it so, if you can make, like, my old metalhead dad think your music's good, then you're you're making good metal. Did he ever listen to Body Count, Ice-T's old band? Uh, no. Oh, I don't okay, think so. so I'm curious about that. That was that was an early metal artist for me, was, <laughs> was Ice-T, funny enough. That's crazy. Um, you ever listen to Living Color, too? I haven't listened to Listen to Color. You, oh my god. Listen to Living Color. Oh, they're so fucking good. Oh, Alright, I'm saving it right now. Yeah, check them out. And what about Clutch? I figure you gotta know Clutch, right? 
Uh, I, I don't think I've actually sat down and listened to Clutch oh ever. Oh my god, I'm holding back. I'm like vibrating right now. Ash is physically restraining me right now. I could talk about Clutch oh for god. hours. Yeah. Clutch I'm adding it all. I'm saving yeah. it all. Neil Fallon, best beard in rock easily, you know? I got a few, uh, a couple last questions for you guys. We're winding down now. What's the, uh, what's the significance of 223? Hmm. That, that will be, it, it will all become clear very soon. It'll all become clear very soon. That's cryptic. And then, uh, our, uh, our friend, Zacharama, asked me to ask this one. Uh, did you feel anything after seeing a goblin die? <laughs> I did not feel anything after seeing a goblin die. Nothing? Nothing at all. Nothing? Not even like a hint What have you felt of emotion? after seeing a goblin die? I don't Tell me I what know you what felt. I feel after seeing a goblin die. Have you seen it happen? No. Well, there you go. If I see it, will I feel nothing? You don't feel shit. Damn. Damn, that's dark. Anyways, do you guys have anything else you want to shout uh, shout out before we wrap things up? Hmm. Anyone else? Um. I think we had quite a list. We haven't shouted out Embraza though. Embraza, Woe Garden. Um, tricky youth. Tricky youth. Like we can't just. Uh... Romeo Diablos. Uh, Care Online. Shout out to fucking Care Online. Um. Hmm. 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 I big money cybergrind, of course. Dot crime. You know the vibes. Yeah, blind equation, zombie blind shark, equation. drum corpse. Yeah, drum corps. Oh my god. You know. Huge inspiration. Anything else you think the uh, the world needs to know before we log off? Do you have anything that we should know? Oh, damn. Uh, we got patches for sale. Mm. Link in the description. Mm. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Bughead Podcast. We'll catch you in the next episode. See you later. Yeah.